0: Thanks for joining us at our Foothills Church podcast. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you at foothills.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he went, always pressing on towards Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He replied, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom, for many will try to enter, but will fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. You will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us, but he will reply, I don't know you or where you came from. And then you will say, but we ate and drank with you and you taught us in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me, all you who do evil. morning. Can we give it up for our worship team this morning? And while you're clapping, can we say hello to our Pendleton campus as well? Man, what a weekend last weekend. I got to watch online. 31 people baptized, 26 here, five in Pendleton. God is at work. That's amazing. Amazing. So good. And I'll tell you, when you're watching online you just see a stream of people, just kind of one after another, I'm like, is the line ever gonna end? It was amazing, both services, Pendleton. Oh, God is doing great things and I am so glad to be part of it. Um, you know, I was thinking about an incident that happened many years ago. My wife and I had flown into a town, so we got a rental car, and we, uh, we had to stop at a store and so we went into the store, we got back out. This rental car was kind of a very nondescript kind of rental car. It was just the cheapest thing on the lot. It was gray, it was a sedan. It was just a typical car, like 50% of the cars on the road. And so we go into the store, we come out, and I go to the car, I'm walking to the car. I didn't notice my wife had stopped, but I, I'm walking to the car and I got the key out and I'm, and I'm trying to open, the, I get the key in the lock and it, and it won't work. And I'm thinking, well, that's, you know, maybe I'm not pushing it in far enough. And so I'm cramming this key in there, but it's obvious it's not working. And so, you know, I, I'm a guy, so I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. So I am start jiggling it and trying to twist it. And, and then I'm grabbing the handle and I'm moving it. And all this is going on, I'm like, as I'm doing this, what's wrong with this key? And I look inside and I notice there's like a coffee cup in there. And I thought to myself, that's strange, I don't remember us having a coffee cup in there. And I can't continue doing it, it doesn't dawn on me, I continue doing it a little bit more, I'm shaking it on and going like, what's wrong with this key? And I look in the back seat and there's a jacket. I'm like, "And yeah, that's strange, we didn't have a jacket in here. And then, you know, I'm a little slow, but then the, the light bulb went off and I'm like, wait a second, what's going on here? And this happens like in a microsecond, you know, all those things flash in your mind at once. And it's thinking like, okay, I'm at the wrong car, this is not gonna work. And I noticed my wife now, the reason she had stopped because she stopped actually at the right car and she's watching me do this, (laughs) laughing hysterically, not giving me any kind of clue that I'm at the wrong car, wondering how long I'm going to do this for, which was quite a while. And then I'm like, oh, now I've got to turn around and do the walk of shame. You know how embarrassing that is walking back to this car. So thankful nobody shot me in that, that whole situation. But the deal is here, I could have gone on all day long trying to shove that key into the lock. It wouldn't work. I could have pulled out every key that I had on me and tried to put it in that lock. It would not have worked. That lock was meant for one key and one key only. It was exclusively for one key. Now, hang on to that thought, okay? Because I want to kind of just um, kind of shift gears. We're going to come back to that. When I was in school, high school especially, the most dreaded two words that a teacher could say, you guys know what this is? Pop quiz. You remember that? Like that was, if I heard that, I'm like shivers down my spine. I was never prepared and I knew I was in trouble. Pop quiz was where This isn't school, thankfully, right? But it is church. So pop quiz. All right, I'm gonna give you a pop quiz. Aren't you glad you came today? But it's an easy one. All right, we're gonna start with multiple choice, then I'm gonna give you a true and false. And so I think it's gonna be up on the screen, so let's see if we've got it on the screen. The so first question is, who goes to heaven? Okay, so so here's, the, here's the, here are the multiple choice answers. Um, letter A, most people go to heaven, like majority of people are gonna go to heaven. B, sincere people. These are people who say, hey, just be sincere about what you believe. They're gonna go to heaven. C, religious people. These are people maybe who go to church and maybe do some religious things. D, good people. These are people who just do some good stuff for a lot of people. E, all of the above. F, none of the above. You guys are good. F, based on that, what we know F, none of the above, right? Because here's what we know, here's the answer Redeemed people go to heaven. Not, not, not good people, not religious people, not sincere people, but redeemed people. What I mean by redeemed, people who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, who went to a cross and shed his blood and paid for our sins for us because we had no hope of doing it on our own. It was redeemed people. Okay, so let me give you another one, make it a little easier. It's a true or false. And here's the next question. Um, there are many paths that lead to heaven. False, right? Um, there is only one path, and that's through Jesus and Jesus alone, exclusively through Jesus. We're in a series through the book of Luke, and we're looking at different aspects of Jesus. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about the exclusive Jesus. Now, I, I know for some of you that were here last week, you might already be thinking, hang on a second. What are you telling me now? Because last week, Pastor Kevin, and by the way, he did an amazing job on the message last week, didn't he? But last week, Pastor Kevin said that Jesus was totally inclusive, like it didn't matter what you've done or what kind of mistakes you've made. That you could come to Jesus; he was totally inclusive. In G- and Pastor Kevin shared a story from Scripture where the, the the sinful woman came and anointed his feet. Remember that and. And the Pharisees, the religious leaders, were like, hey, what, what's going on here? And Jesus said, hey, it's, it's not the well who needed a doctor. It's the sick who needed a doctor. It was just perfect, right? Just the right thing. Totally inclusive, available to everybody. Uh, that's, it's absolutely true, by the way, that Jesus is inclusive. However, it's also true that Jesus is exclusive, which sounds like kind of an oxymoron. But let me just put it this way. Jesus is Inclusively exclusive, or maybe you could say he's exclusively inclusive. And I'm going to kind of break that down because I know that sounds really strange, but let me give you some scripture. Um, Here's what that basically that statement means. He's inclusive. Like heaven is available to everyone. There's no one disqualified because of their mistakes, because we've all made mistakes. It's inclusive, right? But heaven is only available exclusively exclusively through Jesus. Like there is no other, he's the key that unlocks heaven's door. There is no other way into heaven. And I know for a lot of people, that statement is so difficult for a lot of people. Because we live in this progressive mindset world that says, hey, there is no absolute truth. There are no absolutes anything. And, we, and, and, and a lot of people believe this myth that there's like these, all these doors available and all these keys to unlock these doors and just believe sincerely about something and it's good enough. But that's not what Jesus said. And I don't want anybody to miss it because this is one you can't afford to miss. Like this is essential. This is heaven and hell. This is eternal. This is where the rubber meets the road. And so I want to look at what Jesus had to say about this. In Luke chapter 13, if you've got your Bibles, electronic devices, Luke 13, verses 22 through 27. You just heard it read, but I'll read it again. Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he went, always pressing on toward Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He replied, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom, for many will try to enter, but will fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it'll be too late. You'll stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he'll reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you'll say, but we ate and drank with you. And you taught in our streets. And he'll reply, I I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me, all all you who do evil. Some tough words here, but what is Jesus trying to say? Well, I think it's going to be clear, hopefully by the end of this message, that that again, Jesus is exclusive. It's, it's inclusively exclusive. So what I want to do is to really simplify things because I said, how do I, how do I communicate this in a way that no one could walk out of here, no, no matter what your age is, whether you're, you're small or old or young or whatever, it, you, nobody can miss it. And I thought to myself, let's just simplify it. Let's just break it down as easy as we can. Let's, let's use God's Word, Scripture, to do it because... There's nothing of value that I could add to that. So let's just look at God's word. And so I'm going to give you two points and I want to give you some, some kind of s- some additional thoughts because Jesus would use things like telling us that he's the door. He's the gate. He's he, he's the only way to enter in, in many variations of that. And I'm going to show you that. So, so there's the first point is this and, I, and, I, and hear me on this one is that God wants you in heaven. God wants you in heaven if if you're watching at a Pendleton or online or you're here listen God wants you in heaven When I say Jesus is exclusive right I, I don't want you to get this image and I think this is why that makes us bristle a little bit when we hear that It's not when I say Jesus exclusively Jesus don't picture what most people picture Don't picture some exclusive club in Beverly Hills or in, or in South Beach And there's a line of people wanting to get in to this club because it's the happening place. It's, it's the, it's, it's the place that everybody wants to be. And so you've got this line of people and you've got the door and, 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 and you've got this, this bouncer, this big bouncer standing there with his arms crossed and he's got a nice suit on. He's got the dark sunglasses on and he's looking through the crowd and he's trying to determine who he's going to let into this club. And he only wants the pretty people, right? He wants the people who represent well. And so he's, he looks around through the, through the crowd. He wants the people who are, who are the influencers. He wants the people who've got it together, they've got the right vibe. And so he says, you can come in, you can come in. You can't, you can't, but you can. Come on in, he opens the door and lets them in. And he looks around and he finds somebody else that fits that description, another pretty person. He says, you can come in, but the rest of you, you can't come in. And so he, he lets that person in. Listen, that is not what I'm talking about. Listen to me. God's not trying to keep you out of heaven, he's trying to get you in. He's trying to get you into heaven. And that's why he makes it so clear that heaven is only available exclusively through Jesus. How much more could he prove that he wants you in by sending his only son to die in our place to make it possible for us to be there in the first place? Like there's nothing he could do better than that. So let me give you some scripture here. and just kind of show you in different places in the Bible where it comes to the same thought. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. This is good and pleases God our Savior. Watch this. What pleases Him? What's good? What pleases our Savior? Who wants everyone, that's inclusive, right? He wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. In 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone, inclusive, to repent. You see, the heart of God. Heaven is available to everyone through Jesus. Like, it's available. It's inclusive. You can be there. God wants you there, but it's exclusively through Jesus in John chapter Three verses 16 and 17. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son. That's the exclusive part. He gave his one and only son so that everyone, that's the inclusive part, who believes in him, that's the exclusive part, will not have, will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. I mean, just think of what God has done to make it possible. He's saying, hey, look, I want you there, and I'm telling you how to get there. It's through Jesus. He's going to come to this earth. He's going to die on a cross He's for your sins, and then he's going to raise from the dead three days later to, to give you victory. This is what he did. You know, in this building, think about this. Okay, let me use an illustration here. In this building, like any building where there's gatherings of people, there are these fire codes that require us to do certain things to keep everybody safe. And those are good things, right? And so if you go through this building, there'll be smoke detectors. There'll be detectors in the ductwork. So if something happened in the air conditioning system, it would shut things down. There are strobe lights and sirens and pull stations. But there's also these exit doors. You see the exit doors? They're all over the place, and these are designed that even if there's smoke filled this room and power went out, those exit doors would point us to safety. That's what they're there for. And if, God forbid, if something happened, and right now, this place where you couldn't even see what you were doing, you'd be able to see those red lights of that exit. And it would be ridiculous if someone said, you know what, I don't like the idea that i got to use those specific exclusive doors. Like I'm going to go my own way and do it my way because I don't like this idea of absolute and I'm going, to, I'm going to choose to do it differently. If I did that and I died in that fire, that would be on me, right? Like the doors are there and, and they're there for a reason and they point to safety and they give us what we need in that moment. But if I choose not to do that, then I'm the only one to blame for dying in that fire, right? It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be anybody else's fault if I choose. If I chose and said, I, "I'm just not going to do that." Now, guys, this, this is basically what the scripture tells us about God wanting us to get to heaven. He's saying, "Look, I, I'm going to make it so easy you can't miss this." Jesus. Yeshua. Jesus. The answer. The only answer. Let me give you the second point. There's only one way to get to heaven, through Jesus. I told you it was gonna be simple, right? There's only one way to get to heaven, it's through Jesus. Let me give you some more scripture. Luke chapter 13, we just read some of that. Jesus said, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom, for many will try to enter but will fail. When the master of the house is locked, the door will be too late. You'll stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he'll reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Let me explain that, okay? Because there's a reference here to, to this idea that this, first of all, he talks about this narrow door, which I'll get into more in a second, that it's the, to get to heaven is a very narrow way to do that, it's through Jesus. And then he gives the example of these people saying, hey, wait a second, like, We you preached in our streets. We want to come in. And he said it's too late. Now what he's referring to is that there's gonna be a a point, God is so patient. We just read that a second ago. But there's gonna be a point where Jesus either Jesus returns or we die and face eternity. And in this case it's talking about that return of, of Christ, but at that point your fate will already be sealed. Like it's, it's, it's going to be too late at that point. But God is extending his patience right now before he returns. And he's given us that opportunity to repent of our sins and turn to him. And so they're standing on the outside saying, hey, but open up. He's like, it's too late. And then notice what he said. I don't know you or where you come from. It's all about relationship. See, there are a lot of people who know the facts about Jesus. They, they intellectually agree with the facts but they don't have a relationship with him. There is only one way to heaven and it's through Jesus. Let me give you some more scripture. John chapter 10, Jesus said, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me, exclusive, will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. In Matthew chapter seven, very, very similar to what we read in Luke, Matthew chapter seven, Jesus said, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. He just told us who that gate was. He said, I'm the gate, right? Only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few will ever find it. According to this scripture, the majority of people, unfortunately, but the majority of people will choose will choose to go to hell. Did you know that? Like God doesn't send people to hell, they choose it by rejecting Jesus, by rejecting the exit sign they choose. That's what he said, he said that this narrow gate, only a few are ever gonna find it, but broad or wide is the gate, the the highway to hell. Long before ACDC told us about it, Jesus told us, about the highway to hell. And he said, it, it's wide and a lot of people go in there. That's what he said. The whole idea of salvation is found exclusively through Jesus, again, is, is not a bad thing, it's a good thing. I appreciate that, but it causes a lot of people to just really kind of tense up and push back a little bit. Because the thought you're trying to, because the people will say, well, wait a second are you trying to tell me that Jesus is the only way to heaven? Yes. Yes, I am. But don't shoot the messenger. This is what Jesus said. Like he wanted so crystal clear that you can't miss it. And I'm appreciative of that. So let's look at some more. John chapter 14, verse six. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Hard to miss that one, isn't it? And yet many people will. Acts chapter four, verse 12. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The name of Jesus. First Timothy, chapter two, verses five and six. For there is one God and one mediator, who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. I mean, think about that. If there was any other way, if there was any other way to be saved, it would have been ridiculous for God to send his son to go to that extreme measure. If there was any other way, why would he do that? Like if I could be saved by being good, why would he have to send Jesus? If I could be saved by being sincere or religious, why would he have to save Jesus? Because the answer is none of those things will save us. Because our sin has separated us from God and Jesus came and bridged the gap between a holy God and a sinful man. And I'm thankful. And I know a lot of people think that's very narrow-minded. How can you believe that there's only one way? How can you believe that there's only one way? That's so narrow-minded. I can't believe how narrow-minded you are. There are times when it's good to be narrow-minded. Can I tell you that? Not all the time, but there are times it's good to be narrow-minded. And, and even if you're saying, I don't believe that, you agree with me. I'm going to show you in just a second. There are times when it's be, it's good to have a narrow-minded surgeon, isn't it? Like, you don't want an open-minded surgeon. Tonsillectomy, vasectomy, that's the difference. A surgery is a surgery. Like, you want that narrow-minded surgeon. Because when I leave that surgeon's office, I want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm leaving with the stuff, I'm, I'm leaving with what I'm supposed to leave with. You know what I'm saying? You got me? When I get an airplane, I want a narrow-minded pilot, don't you? Atlanta, Afghanistan, what's the difference, right? There's a big difference. I don't want that open-minded pilot. If I go to a pharmacist, I want a narrow-minded pharmacist, don't you? Like, I don't want an open-minded pharmacist. Excedrin, Exlax, what's the difference, right? A pill's a pill. There's a big difference. It's good at times to be narrow minded, and this is what, here's what I appreciate about what God did for us. Let's go back to the idea of school, okay? I wasn't a great student. I don't think it was because I was dumb, it might have been, but I think it was because I was lazy. All right? I'm just throwing it out there. But when school, the worst kind of test you could, for me, was the essay test. When, when a teacher said it was an essay test, put the F on my paper now. Save me the time, right? Because I wasn't going to get it. But I, was, I, was, I, was, I knew how to try to bluff my way through an essay. I, I just kind of put a whole bunch of words there that meant nothing. And the teacher would always bust that, no, no, no. So essays, I hated this. Multiple choice was a little better because it gave you a possibility, right? You could get one out of four. chance, I'm doing a little better here. I can probably guess and and get a few right, but I still probably would fail. But the best kind, true or false? Because even if you weren't prepared, you could probably get at least half, right? It's flipping the coin, 50-50, true or false. Sometimes the way they word it, you could figure it out, right? You could maybe even pass the test. So true and false is better. But think about this. What if, what if the teacher came in and said, we got the final exam. This is for all the marbles. Like this is pass and fail. This is, this is like either going to promote you to the next grade or not. This is it right here. And I don't want you to fail. Like I want you to pass. So I'm not giving you an essay test because you're probably going to fail it. I'm not going to give you multiple choice because there's a good possibility you're not going to get it. I'm not even going to give you true or false. What I'm going to do because I want you to pass is there's one answer to the test and I'm going to give it to you. Like I'm going to give you the answer because I don't want you to miss it because there's a good possibility you might. So I'm giving you the answer. If I'd had a teacher like that, I'd have straight A student, okay? I'd have had a 4.0. But that's exactly what God has done because it's one thing to fail a history test, which your teacher might let you get a little extra credit or do a makeup test and you might be able to pass, but it's another thing to fail the test of eternity because there is no second chance. You gotta get it right. And our God loved us enough to say, I don't want you to miss it. I'm going to tell you exactly what the answer is. His name is Jesus. He came and he died in your place so that you could have forgiveness of sins and that you could have eternal life. There is no other answer. If there was, I wouldn't have gone to the extreme that I did to send my one and only son it's Jesus. Maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online and you've wrestled with this. And maybe you've even gone beyond some of it. Like you're somewhat convinced enough to actually believe some facts of what I'm saying. You might even be like agreeing with me in your mind. But there's never been a conscious effort on your part to say, I am placing my faith in Jesus Christ. I am abandoning my own life. I'm repenting of my sin and I'm turning to God. I don't want to live that life any longer. I believe Jesus died for my sins and I want him to save me and I'm placing my faith in him today. It's more than an intellectual thing. It's a volitional thing. It's like my will gets involved in this and saying, I'm going to do this. Not enough to just believe it here. So, told you I wanted to make it simple. Because I don't want anybody to walk out of here not not knowing with a truth. And in a world that this kind of talk is so unpopular... To have the audacity to say there's one way to heaven. But I don't say that on my authority. I say that on the authority of the one who created the heavens and the earth. And he makes the rules. And he loved us enough to give us the answer. So if you've never given your life to Jesus, today would be an excellent day to do that. So if you would just bow your heads and pray with me. Now let's do business with God. God, thank you that when it comes to eternity, it is black and white. There is no middle ground, there is no gray area, and you did it because we're human and we could miss it so easily because we have an enemy that is a deceiver and would try to trip us up. And many people, as you've told us in scripture, that the highway to hell is wide and many people are choosing to go that direction. By rejecting you, they're going to hell. And God, I I don't want anybody, and I know you don't, because you've told us your will is that 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 wouldn't happen, but you also gave us a free will, so we choose. And so, God, I'm praying for the person here today that maybe, maybe they've even agreed with that before in their minds, but have never placed their faith, their trust in Jesus, as their Lord and Savior, never repented of their sin, never turned control of their life over to you. And I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. God, for those who maybe have come in confused or watching online, who have been just kind of taught things over time and culture, have, have told them that there is no one way and that you can just be good or you can be religious or you can be sincere, and it's enough, and I pray that today, God, your Holy Spirit shows them that, it's so false. Thank you, God, that you made it so clear. And that you sent Jesus to die in our place. And I pray that today many people would say yes to Jesus. And if that is you today, and you're ready to say, I'm sealing this deal once and for all. I want to know 100% where I'll spend eternity. And I'm going to place my faith in Jesus Christ. I'm not going to try to do it on my religious acts or good works. Or sincerity, I'm going to place my faith in Jesus, the one who paid the price for my sin, and I'm going. I'm going to follow Him from this day forward. And if that is you today, what I want you to do is slip up your hand and say, "That's me." I want to. I want to know 100 percent that I'm going to heaven, and I don't want to. I don't want to play games any longer. But I am. I am placing my faith in Jesus Christ, the one and only way to, to heaven, exclusively through Him. If that, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. God, for every person that's raised their hand. I pray, God, that they see life change. And if that's you, just maybe offer a prayer like this. Jesus, I, I give you my life right now. I say yes. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the empty tomb. Thank you for loving me enough to die in my place. And thank you for making it so crystal clear how to be saved. I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. God, you are amazing. We praise you this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.